sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. Simon Rose. Now it's time for the financial outlook for personal investors. I'm joined by Russ Mould, Investment Director, AJ Bell. We're going to look at the world of investment from a UK perspective, and presumably we're going to start by talking about interest rates doubling as the time of recording this in one session. Yeah, it's as good a place to start as any. Um, the Monetary Policy Committee voted 5-4 to double interest rates to half of 1%. Yeah. On the very same day that the Bank the Banco de Brazil put interest rates up by one and a half percentage points in what wow. for the third for the third meeting in a row by one and a half percentage points. And that takes it to 10 and three quarter percent, the selic rate in Brazil. So what, what was intriguing, oh no, I mean that's and that was the 20th, well the Bank of England is the 21st hmm. interest rate increase from a central bank in the world this year again just one cut. That the cuts from China, intriguingly. Um so the direction of travel has been clear for some time. There were 113 rate rises last year. This is the Bank of England's uh, second. But the intriguing thing, I suppose, in one, it was a 5-4 vote. And the four who dissented wanted Which a half point. Which is so much closer than it's been in the past. But the four who dissented wanted a half point rise on a quarter point rise. Mm. So they wanted to move more quickly. Yes. And they also have called a halt to quantitative, to quantitative easing. So they're not adding to that anymore. The bonds that they own, as they mature, they will not reinvest to replace them. So that £875 billion of guilt and the £20 billion of... Do you remember how little bonds. it was to start with? Now, we thought it was an enormous amount. Yeah, well, it's... it's 15, thing, right? I can't remember. Was it 15 the first time? Yeah, I can't remember. Like that. And, it's, yeah. uh, and so that they're stopping adding to that. And in theory, they're going to let it go down. Again, we'll be, I'll be intrigued to see exactly how low, how low they can get. Um, so, yeah, that having, frankly, pussy-footed about in November... When they, when they say, oh, we need some more data on the jobs market, which was just patently ridiculous. That is a backward-looking number. And they're supposed to be setting policy for where they think inflation is going to be in two years' time, because that's effectively the lag that monetary policy works with. But you were saying that at the time, Russ. <clears throat> I, I'm, I, so I'm still baffled. I mean, the statement today reads much more like, this is where we think things will be in two years' time, which is what you'd expect. The stuff in November was just incomprehensible. Um, you know, and it, it don't get would it made any difference? Do you more. think if they'd moved earlier? Well, I think it would to the credibility of some of the individuals involved potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for better or worse, these you know markets do listen to these people, and therefore they need to have a little bit of faith in what they're saying. Uh, it's intriguing that the banks now are saying that inflation could peak at seven percent or more, but it'll still be back to their two percent target within three years. So they're talking about modest further interest rate increases. I guess they've got inflation on one hand, they've got unemployment, debt, which is up through the roof, and stock markets and financial markets on the other. And we've heard from Chancellor Sunak before that a percentage point on interest rates is £25 billion on his interest bill, which given that he's getting dogs abuse for a £12.5 billion national insurance increase is, is obviously something that the Bank of England will, will, will be considering and monitoring very, very closely. Yes, of course, so in I, days gone by, governments often liked a little bit of inflation. That doesn't seem to be the well, case I, I, well, with I such interest rates. Deep down, they won't admit it, but they probably quite like a bit now, because in the end, it will boost nominal mm. GDP. And if spending is, you know, brought within, you know, if there isn't a huge overspend budgetarily, then your debt to GDP ratio will start to fall. It's just math. So in that respect, it probably is welcome. Uh, up, again, like anything else, up, up to a certain point. So the question now is, 
the savers get better interest rates or the, or the mortgage holders and borrowers get clobbered with higher ones. We'll have to see at the moment. I mean, the statistics show that most mortgages are on fixed rate. So you might not get an immediate feed through. Um, there's probably quite a few mortgages from two, three, four, five years ago that are due to expire and rollover and could actually be refinanced at a lower rate. And if you just look around the street, there is actually a lot of competition in the mortgage market right now. So I'm not sure it's going to immediately filter through. So I'm not sure it's going to do a lot of damage to, say, house building stocks. It's noticeable that the pound went up a little bit today. The FTSE 100 came down a little bit. But I, I think the question really is how far can the bank get before something breaks, either the economy or the stock market or both? Um, given that you know one's been supported by cheap debt and one's bathed in it, um, I think that's still something that we're going to we're going to find out. And I think over time, the Bank of England will probably find itself taking its chances with inflation than it will risk tipping the UK economy into a recession by jacking up interest right. rates in fast because of the debt file. Certainly so been very, the pattern in the past, hasn't it? Find themselves. Hmm? Yeah, certainly been the pattern in the past where yeah, you know the inflation target is not always stuck to assiduously. Um, okay, that's probably a good moment, Russ, just for us to take a quick breather. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Financial Outlook on Share Radio. I'm in conversation with Russ Mould uh, of AJPL. Russ, just before we change um, subject, mm. I mean, the bank's talking of inflation of 7%, which to ordinary mortals is still probably the RPI, which is nearly always 2% higher than that, or two percentage points higher yeah, than that, yeah. which is 9%, virtually 10 if you're rounding up, which is going to be noticeable to people. But the bank has not been great at forecasting it, has it? So is no, your instinct that they're too low still? They're, they're only human. And, you know, in, in the end, I mean, I know I, I personally find the concept of nine people locked in a room deciding the price of money completely bizarre. Yeah. But, but, but equally... You know, my, my argument, I'll just leave it to the free market. You could argue it was shot down by allegations of LIBOR rigging 15 years ago. So the free market had its chance and made a muck of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think in that respect, I've just got to shut up, probably. And these are well-intentioned, bright people. But I think in the end, they're mortal. And they are, of course, clearly capable of getting things wrong. And I think that's something that markets and investors need to be aware of. And I think, what's you know, again, just to go back to the previous point about how far can they get? Well, the Fed got further than the Bank of England did in 2015 to 18. The Fed got interest rates to two and a half percent, shrank its balance sheet by 17 percent or 700 billion dollars. And then the repo market began to clog, interbank funding markets began to choke up and the stock market went down and the US economy was clearly slowing down. Mm. So you mentioned the RPI there. When the RPI was last at seven percent in the UK, what have I guess where UK headline interest rates were? Ten. Mm. We're at half right now, matey. Now, there's no chance of us getting to 10. I think the country would <laughs> yeah, yeah. The economy would just completely run into the sand because of the amount of debt that's in the system, which again comes back to my point. If you draw a long-term chart of base rates in the UK or indeed in the US, the peaks are successively lower. And so again, I, 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 I'm not convinced they'll get very far before they have to turn turtle and the debt takes its toll. And they then have to take their chances with inflation is my personal guess, my guess for what it's worth rather than they're educated, yeah, yeah. yes, for what it's worth. Well, let's change subject a little and look at the, the massive tech stocks, particularly the American tech stocks, where you know six of them basically have been driving markets for goodness knows how long. But yeah. um, we're going to look at, uh, well, what you and I would call um, Facebook. Meta platforms, which presumably means you walk around with an iPad strapped on your head, does it? Yeah. Well, it's got the, the, this idea of this new metaverse 
where it's not that's just stuff I mean. you're like looking at. Screen, an iPad stuck on your head, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I guess Sorry. it is. Um, as Oscar Wilde once said, I'm not young enough to know everything about this sort of stuff. <laughs> well, uh, but they've certainly um, not impressed the markets. No, and, and I think what's interesting here is that for, for a one million loss of daily average users, they've the lost about $180 billion worth of market cap, which I think tells you eh, that, you know, ultimately, you know, <clears throat> a lofty valuation doesn't give you much room for manoeuvre mm. if, if there's a problem. And even though, you know, that market cap was more than 20 times forward earnings, that's not obscene by US standards, but it doesn't leave you with much room for error. I think why people have really got frightened is it shows that maybe we're reaching a saturation point in terms of Facebook. There's lots of competition out there. TikTok is, is clearly given a good run for the money. My kids love it. I have absolutely no interest in it at all. Uh, even, goodness gracious, the concept of actually going out and seeing a friend in person might seem quite intriguing after the last two years. Yes, yes. Getting off the sofa and doing some exercise. Yeah. I mean, my kids are older than yours, and they wouldn't even dream of using Facebook much anymore. <clears throat> well, it's not cool Old, anymore. Old people. That's the thing. So it's not cool anymore. So it, it shows how difficult it is for companies to stay at the top forever. Either the customers get bored, or the competition catches up, or the regulator gets involved. And in Facebook's case, it's probably all three. And the other thing that you've got there is if you think about it, it's got daily, it's got monthly average users of just under 3 billion, right? The global population's eight. Only five of them, I say only five billion of those have got regular internet access. A billion of those are Chinese where Facebook's banned. Yeah. So in terms of the, the total addressable market of 4 billion, it's got three tucked away already. So there's not much more growth there. So they're having to rely on increased revenue per user. They've done a good job of that so far, but the Apple privacy rule changes make focus advertising a lot harder. And that's why they are strapping an iPad to their head and coming up with the alternative and augmented reality to try and generate new revenue streams. And then their new line there is generating a couple of billion dollars a year in revenue, but it lost $10 billion in operating profit last year. So there is, they're going to need to get a return on that at some stage. Is it the end of, of tech, particularly these sort of half dozen well, these, tech these, companies these driving the market, market or is it just specific to them? Well, I mean, Apple still did a good set of numbers. Alphabet slash Google did a good set of numbers. I noticed that Google's 20 for one stocks, but Apple's 20 for one stock split. That's the sort of thing that sets old bores like me off going, that's the sort of thing you see at market stops, you know, hmm. loads and loads of stock splits. Partly because it just means the share prices have got so high. They're looking to generate liquidity and find extra incremental, generally retail yes. buyers by making the, 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 they're getting the share price lower. Um, Netflix missed. Meta platform slash Facebook has missed. Microsoft was fine. Amazon, we're going to find out this week. But I think, you know, as, 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 as you alluded to, those six names, their market cap as a percentage of the S&P 500 has gone from 10 to about 25% since Facebook floated in 2012. So if they do start to lose altitude, that is going to be a headwind for the S&P 500. It doesn't mean the S&P 500 is going to collapse, yeah. but it does mean you need market new market leadership. And it may mean that those six stocks, again, if there's any disappointment, watch out there's trouble as netflix and, and, and meta have proven and it means you, again you you probably need new leadership to really take the market side which you could get through basic materials or mines or things that might do a little bit better in an inflationary environment or banks and in, in, in a rising interest rate environment and in a rising interest rate environment long-term secular growth stocks generally don't do so well because they're their growth's back end loaded you discount that back at a higher interest rate and your theoretical equity valuations lower so I think it just comes back to this point we've discussed before, whereby if we've had 10 years of low growth, low inflation, low rate Merck, 
certain asset classes have done well, it would be illogical to expect them to continue to do well if the environment has changed to higher rates, higher inflation, yeah, higher yeah, nominal yeah. growth. QED doesn't mean markets are going to collapse, but it means portfolios are going to have to potentially change. Ross, thank you very much indeed. I've been in conversation with Ross Mole, Investment Director of Asia Bell, looking at the financial outlook for personal investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.